Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Joshua Beck and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Joshua Beck. Well, thank you very much and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck. Dr. Beck is a primary care physician board certified in family practice. You find him at the WellMed Clinic at Loop 410 in Centerview, where he practices, and you find him in our WellMed Radio studios. Great to see you. Good to see you as well. And uh, you finally dumped that bad ride you had. You've you got a new car now. I do. Life is better. You were so stressed the last time we talked. Yes, I was. Yeah, because actually it had just malfunctioned before I came to the show. So it's uh, it's great to be done done with that and right. on to something reliable. Without <laughs> identifying brands, you bought a car that is absolutely gorgeous. I and, think, right? Yeah, I, they're they're gorgeous. Uh, I had one once. Yeah, at least that's what the salesperson told me. So yeah. maybe that's what convinced me and got me to buy it. And then, <laughs> of course, like a lot of things that are absolutely gorgeous, it didn't treat you well. No, it did not. The the uh, uh, predecessor. And so, uh, luckily, things worked out to my advantage at Black Friday and such, and uh, the deal was done. And, and you're rolling again. And I was able to make it to the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So and we're delighted to see you here. Yeah, thank uh, We were you. talking about uh, things to talk about as we get ready for the new year to begin. A whole lot of folks, mm-hmm. you know, are getting ready for the holidays, and, and uh, some people, mm-hmm. like moi, mm-hmm. have reoccurring challenges that just drive me crazy. And as long as I'm the co-host of this show, let's make it all about me. Sure, that sounds great. And I'm sure that you will have many listeners that can probably relate now. I have been struggling on and off with Mm -hmm. uh, congestion, post-nasal drip, Mm -hmm. which is yucky Mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. To the point where I even went in for a sinus roto-rooter surgery where they knock you out, they go in, they clean out the sinuses. Uh uh, And uh, that worked pretty well for a week. Uh Uh-huh. And now I'm back where I was. So is the congestion better, or is it just the post-nasal drip that you had before the surgery? Well, the congestion is getting back to where it was. Ah, I see. So I'm uh, uh, able to bring up the ugliest phlegm Mm -hmm. man has ever seen. Wow. And that works occasionally Mm -hmm. when you kind of clear it out, right? Yes, it does. But it doesn't work for long. And it tends to get worse at night, doesn't it? When you're lying in bed. So I end up sleeping sitting up in the couch. And this is probably something that a lot of people deal with, especially during times of allergies or during times of viruses, you know, like when it's cold, you know, when, you know, there's a lot of the flu going around or similar, you know, viral illnesses like coronavirus. And no, it doesn't come with a slice of lime or rhinovirus is another one. And no, it doesn't come with a rhino. Uh, but anyways, you know, so there's all these little viruses, and so one of the symptoms of a cold or allergies could be a post-nasal drip, and sometimes people are plagued with that for such a long time. And you know you have a post-nasal drip because it usually triggers not necessarily a sore throat. It can be sore, especially if you've had the post-nasal drip for a long time. I don't know if your uh, throat is sore. No, it's irritated. But normally people complain of a scratchy throat. So they feel a scratchy throat and it usually gets scratchier at night. You want to scratch the back of your throat or maybe right. it, 
it moves to the ear and you know makes you think that you've got you know a scratch you know or an itchy ear and uh and so anyway so it's something that's common and you know it's it's a, it was a good thing to bring up because you know many people are are dealt with it and see their PCP for it so in in the few minutes we've been talking about this, yeah. the one thing I haven't heard is, here, Ron, is how you cure it. Yeah. Well, I was letting you vent your frustration. Thank you. You know, due to your... Yeah, like your, your car salesman. Your misery, you know, due yeah. to the chronic post-nasal drip. But yeah, so the post-nasal drip, you know, it depends on what the cause is, uh, you know, as to how you treat it. But uh, oftentimes the same medications can be used. So the post-nasal drip can de- can be due to a vasomotor uh, rhinitis. And what is a vasomotor? Which is just a runny nose. Oh. It's just a fancy term for ah. runny nose. I just wanted to, you know, use that, use the time to say that. <laughs> All the years in and med school. Exactly. It sounded very intelligent at that time. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so runny nose, uh, which can be, you know, uh, uh, idiopathic, which means we don't know what the cause is. Uh, you know, it can be allergy-induced. It can be due to a virus. It could be due to a sinus infection. Uh, and, 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 and so, you know, if you have this runny nose, you know, it tends to drip down the back, too, especially when you're lying flat in bed. Right. You're lying on your, on your back. And so, uh, you know, oftentimes what we do to start uh, or offer to treat it, you know, if it's a cold, then you kind of have to ride it out. But if it becomes more of a chronic issue... The last, you know, let's just say weeks, you know, or days, you weeks. know, uh, you know, then you, you, you consider other options. So sometimes what we'll use are antihistamines. Uh, even if you're not having allergy symptoms, sometimes the antihistamines will help dry things up. When the antihistamines fail, then sometimes you can go on to other things like nasal sprays, which can be also an antihistamine to help dry things up, or it can be a steroid if you also have some, some congestion, or there could be a combination of both. And then sometimes, you know, you've tried that and that hasn't worked either. And you've tried the antihistamine, the oral antihistamine like Claritin, Zyrtec, Allegra, et cetera. Uh, it doesn't have to be the brand name, you know, and, and, and nothing has helped. Uh, and so sometimes what we'll resort to are a uh, different kind of nasal spray. Uh, there's another another nasal spray that's an anticholinergic nasal spray, which translates into it just dries everything up. Uh, and so sometimes that's used for chronic runny nose or rhinitis. And you end up with dry mouth. And, and you can end up with dry mouth. So you have to pick the, le- you know, the lesser of the two evils. Right. Do you want the post-nasal drip or do you want the uh, dry mouth? Uh, but no, most people tolerate it fine. And so sometimes people have to do that. And then sometimes you know, we try everything we can as primary care docs. And uh, none of the medications that we've done, uh, you know, have helped. And so then we end up referring to our ENT counterparts to get second opinions. And so that, that would be my two cents on that. If you so, just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck. And we are talking about things that come back. You think you got it licked, you think you got it cured, and whammo, it's back. And as I heard you suggest, Dr. Beck, mm-hmm. you see this in your patients, the post-nasal drip returning. Mm-hmm. Why does it come back? Well, you know, it can be a reoccurrence of a virus. It could be just due to uh, seasonal allergies that tend to improve with medication. Then you stop the medication because you think you're better and then the symptoms come back. Or, you know, just periods of, uh, you know, antihistamine release. You were exposed to a new airborne allergen, you know, because you walk through the cloud of whatever it was, you know, whatever the, you know, the outdoor allergen was. And then, you know, your uh, uh, antihistamine triggers 
you know, uh, release of antihistamine or the cells trigger release of antihistamine, which relates, you know, to the runny nose and the congestion and the post-nasal drip, which is also a common cause of a chronic cough. So sometimes people that come in and who cough all the time and they have no other symptoms and they feel fine except for this chronic cough that sometimes can lead to coughing fits where you just cough, 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 cough. And maybe you don't have a history of asthma and maybe, you, you know, you're not sick and you just have this cough that doesn't go away. Then sometimes we think about a post-nasal drip. And so we'll ask, you know, well, is the cough worse throughout the day? Is it worse at night? And some many times you'll hear, no, it's worse at night or in the morning. And, and, and then along with, you know, I have a scratchy throat and, and I have a runny nose and I'm like, voila, yes, that all led to, you know, to, to the diagnosis, the chronic cough diagnosis or suspicion. Um, and, and then, you know, we offer treatment. So what I need are those harnesses that astronauts use mm-hmm. when they sleep. Yes. They hook them up to the wall so they don't float around. Yes. And if I could do that, I, I wouldn't cough as much. At night. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how much sleep I'd get, but hey. You know, and then maybe we can get you a little bubble to walk around and so you're not exposed to all those airborne allergens and viruses. Well, I'm old enough to remember Bubble Boy. Yeah, exactly. You know, with the autoimmune condition where he couldn't leave his house. Right. Allergic to everything. Allergic to everything. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, coming to see your doc. You know, if you've tried stuff on your own and it hasn't helped. And then, you know, we can obviously offer, tailor it based on individual symptoms and duration and such. Right. Yeah. And that should help. Exactly. Or not. Or not. Hopefully. Hopefully. Now, I am not one to ask for an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. But in the conditions I've been describing, Uh are there antibiotics that could help as well, or you think it's a virus? Uh, Well, antibiotics would help if you had fever, if you had sinus pain, I could have a fever. You know, you could, I might. You I might know. have a fever. Well, all of us might have a fever. You <laughs> right. know, but you know, do you feel feverish? That's now the sinus pain meaning yeah, pain in your sinuses. Yeah, pain in your cheeks or your forehead. Um, How many sinus cavities do we have? Uh, quite a few. You've got the frontal. You've got the sphenoid. You've got the maxillary sinuses. Um, yeah. So and what do they do? Uh, they help, you know, filter out impurities from what you breathe in. And, uh, you have, you know, immune cells that help target, you know, viruses that come in through what you're breathing through your nose and, uh, filter out some of the allergens as well. Um, so that, you know, unnecessary things do not fall into your lungs, you know, and it's another, another method of, you know, uh, like a first line of defense to say, oh, you know, we've test we we we've seen that with what he's breathing in these droplets of virus that there's a little virus, and so that may trigger the body to start producing you know anti-inflammatory T cells and and uh, macrophages and other uh, kinds of cells that you know help uh, target infection. You know, as a uh, like, let's let's jump on the bandwagon right. and start attacking this now before it gets worse. The alarm goes off, and there exactly. they come. Exactly. Uh, you know, because nobody wants to breathe all this, you know, uh, nasty air, you know, in, in, in into your lungs. Right. You know, well, some people do. You know, the, the ones that continue to smoke and stuff. But <laughs> do you still see smokers? Uh, we, uh, yeah. I mean, not not as often, but yeah. 
You know, it's it's nice that, you know, there are restaurants that, you know, that are designated, you know, and establishments that are designated as smoke-free zones. Um, and so obviously that deters a lot of smoking. But, yeah, we still see it. You know, I'm sure you see it. I do. The thing mm-hmm. that drives me crazy is walking into the front door of a building mm-hmm. where all the people who work in the building who smoke are standing there smoking. Yeah, exactly. Or you walk on the cigarette butts. You know, I'm surprised right. they haven't made those disintegrating cigarette butts yet. You know, they just disintegrate with water because all you see is the trail of cigarette butts, you know, where all the smokers, you know, tend to uh, hang around. That's that filter fiber that just doesn't go away. Basically. And so, and it, it does the same in your lungs. And so, and that would be another reason to uh, think about a, uh, somebody that has a chronic cough is, you know, are they a smoker? All right. Sometimes you can have something, uh, you know, a, a chronic cough that can be related to smoking. So. Hold that thought. We're going to come back to you yeah. with another reoccurring issue. I feel like saying this portion of Dr. Joshua Beck's oral exam is brought to you by WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. Caregiving is incredibly difficult and challenging for thousands of people caring for someone they love. It's a job that is demanding and often feels as if it's never-ending. Caregivers feel alone and lonely. That's where Caregiver SOS On Air comes to the rescue. This half-hour weekly program features nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and attorney and veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. Ooh. That's me. Caregiver SOS on air, Saturday mornings at 7.30, Sunday evenings 5.30, on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Well, we are talking about stuff that comes back again and again and again. I'm Ron Aaron, and we come back every week right here on WellMed Radio on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Our co-host is Dr. Joshua Beck, primary care physician, board certified in family practice, and you find him at the WellMed Clinic at Loop 410 and Centerview. And we were talking in the first part of the show about post-nasal drip, hacking cough, stuff that keeps coming back, and you gave some ideas on what to look for for mm-hmm. treatment. Uh, one of the other things that people, especially as the air occasionally gets drier and drier in our area, which isn't often, but it does happen, are itchy places on our skin mm-hmm. that just keep coming back. And so those, again, can be, you know, triggered by outdoor allergens that land on the skin, you know, and, and, and triggers that antihistamine uh, response, which leads to itchiness. You know, it can be due to dry skin. Dry skin can, can cause itchiness. Uh, uh, excessive uh, perspiration can also cause itchiness. Uh, you know, there are many, m- many different things that can cause it. You know, obviously, you know, you think about uh, lotions and, you know, uh, uh, cosmetic products. Well, women are heavy into lotions. Men, not so much. Yeah, it depends, you know. And so there are a lot of a lot of a lot of different things that can cause itchy skin, or or itchy skin. So you know that tends to be not an uncommon reason for you know seeing the patient for an acute visit uh, is that they come in and say that something's itching. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we have to do our examination, you know, and ask questions, you know, were they exposed to new chemicals or soaps or detergents, you know, that they're using to wash their clothes? Uh, do they have an allergy history, seasonal allergy history? And are they having allergy symptoms such as sneezing, itchy eyes, watery eyes, along with the itchy skin? Um, or is it something else? We found uh, when, when the little ones came to us, mm-hmm. well, they're now six and eight, but mm-hmm. when they were in diapers, mm-hmm. uh, that some of the diapers irritated their little bottoms 
mm-hmm. and some do not. Some of them really got incredible uh-huh. diaper rash. Uh-huh. Change diapers, it goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that that that's your answer right there. You know, the answer was it was you know whatever that particular diaper was made of, whatever chemicals are in that diaper, reacted with the skin and 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 may may or may not have caused a rash. Did it cause a rash? Yes. And so sometimes diaper it does. Rash. Yeah, sometimes it does, and sometimes the only manifestation is just itchy skin. Right. Uh, you know, and so you know then. In, in that scenario, it was changing diapers, which solved the problem. Uh, you know, so it really, it, it really just depends. You know, the other thing I've discovered is occasionally, uh, laundry detergent makers will reformulate, mm-hmm. and you've been using a laundry detergent on a regular basis, assuming mm-hmm. you wash clothes mm-hmm. or someone washes them for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So you have no reaction to the uh, mm-hmm. clothes, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you just get itchy every time you wear those clothes. Mm-hmm. You call the manufacturer, that 1-800 number, mm-hmm. and sure enough, they reformulate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I haven't had any experience with that. So how do, what do you mean they reformulate it? They change the way that product is put together. They, they uh, will add a chemical, take out a chemical. I see. Uh, always trying to make it yeah. bigger, faster, cleaner, whiter. There you go. Yeah, and so a lot. oftentimes, you know, the nice thing now is that there's a big variety of detergents, and yes. so there are... There are lesser or, or detergents that are made with less chemicals, and they're more natural, and supposedly they're marketed as being more hypoallergenic. Yeah, we go for those. And so sometimes, you know, you have to tell patients to try that because uh, nobody wants to, you know, get stuck with dirty clothes and smelly clothes and right. irritate others. And, and itchy skin. And itchy skin, exactly. And the other thing that happens, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is just – Mm-hmm. older people, mm-hmm. uh, but not only skin tags that mm-hmm. keep coming back, those little growths, yeah. but uh, uh, sort of rough-looking calcified areas that uh, mm-hmm. you wonder about. Yeah, so, I mean, you can have skin skin tags, which are little uh, excessive uh, pieces of skin growth, which are benign. Usually they're in the um, axillary area or the armpits, um, sometimes on the neck can be the back or, you know, the uh, upper, up, uh, you know, lower neck, uh, upper part of the, of the uh, chest. Uh, but really they can be anywhere, you know, and so those are benign. Um, oftentimes, you know, in the patients I see, you know, who are as, as young as yourself, uh, you know, and maybe not, not quite as young, uh, they will come in with a complaint of an, a scaly white, you know, growth on their forehead or on their ear or maybe it's on their face. Uh, or back, and so one of the things that we like to to, to make sure to look at and uh, make sure it's not something that could be precancerous, uh, something like uh, ac- actinic keratosis, which is a, a skin, skin growth of thickened skin that uh, you know uh, primary care docs are able to uh, determine when they see it, uh, or at least have uh, high suspicion and uh, treat it. Uh, you know, uh, other times you can just have areas of, of rough, dry skin uh, that, you know, produces a patch, you know, kind of uh, design or the way it looks. And uh, other times we see little patches that are pink and maybe it's a thick, you know, uh, very, very thick, large area of, uh, of uh, dry, thickened skin and maybe it's symmetrical uh, maybe it's on their uh, elbows or on their knees, and sometimes that may trigger us to think about other things like psoriasis. Uh, and sometimes, you know, they'll have they'll also complain of itchiness, 
uh, and they have dry skin, then maybe they have a family history of psoriasis, or maybe they don't. Now, psoriasis must be widespread because there's so many TV commercials mm-hmm. for drugs that mm-hmm. will stop psoriasis. Yeah, well, you know, everybody wants to make some money, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there 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 are wide op- a wide array of, of of options, like there are for everything. You know, now like, what is psoriasis? Uh, it's just a, it, it's a uh, autoimmune uh, or kind of like the uh, genetic disorder. You know, where the body kind of attacks itself uh, in, in here, targeting the skin, and it's actually a, a you know it, it's within a group of disorders, but in general. You know, uh, the psoriasis leads to thickened plaques, uh, you know, which you will see uh, along certain uh, areas like the elbows or the knees. Uh, it can also uh, be associated with arthritis in some cases. In other cases, you can have thickened uh, uh, fingernails. And there can be other uh, manifestations depending on the severity. And so oftentimes, you know, if it's not too bad, then we'll try to treat it. But if it's bad enough, then we'll refer out to a a dermatologist to confirm our suspicion or to let us know what it is if it's not psoriasis. And what do you treat it with if it is psoriasis? Uh, Well, there's a large array of medications that can be used uh, depending on the severity, even to the point of some medications like biologics, which are what we use to treat patients that, let's say, have rheumatoid arthritis if it's very, very bad. There's medications that can be used. They are um, immune modulator medications can be used as well, or immune suppressors, I guess I should say, to kind of suppress the immune system so that the psoriasis improves. Now, those injectable or infused or Uh, tablets? Yeah, usually they're injectable. I mean, this is kind of outside of my area of expertise when it gets into that level of medication. Usually primary care docs will start with, especially if it's a mild case, uh, with either uh, some medium or maybe high-potency topical steroids. Sometimes there are some other topical uh, agents that can be used, topical medications. There's a wide right. array of those. And if it's beyond that, then it usually goes to a dermatologist. For folks who are wondering where to start if you've got something that's making you nervous mm-hmm. about your skin, something mm-hmm. that you think could be mm-hmm. a skin cancer, Start with your PCP? Start with your PCP, yeah. And so we would be the first place, uh, you know, not necessarily to do a full-body skin exam, uh, but to target certain areas which the patient may be concerned about uh, and, and, and maybe, you know, come up with an idea on whether we think it's something benign or maybe it's something that needs a biopsy uh, or a referral to a dermatologist. Uh, my dermatologist uh, suggested because most of us don't see our backs. Mm-hmm. If you have a significant other, a mm-hmm. wife in my case, mm-hmm. have them circle what they're concerned about with a pen, mm-hmm. uh, so they'll have a chance to see what it is uh, that she may be complaining about on my back or your back. Yeah, I think that that would be a good idea. You know, especially if you fall into the memory memory loss realm. You know, and. Well, I can't see my own back. And, you know, you forget where the mole is. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, no, I, I think that's a good idea. I think circling the moles that, that are of concern would be a good idea. Plus, you know, uh, you know, gives your wife some time to, like, take out her frustration on your back. You that's know. true. No. Not no. so hard. Right? Right. No, I think that's a good idea. Something else that I tell my patients, let's just say, I, you know, we see a benign-looking mole and you know, it looks kind of benign to, you know, to us. And maybe we, you know, we, 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 the patient and I decide to, to just monitor it for now. 
I'll have them, uh, you know, have them or their spouse take a picture or their significant other take a picture of it. And then maybe they could take a picture of it again in a month uh, or a couple months or whatever and just see if anything's changed, whether the colors change, the size has changed, the shape has changed. That's a good idea. And sometimes because that's what dermatologists do. You know, if you go to the dermatology office, that's what they do. They'll take a picture of it. Right. They save all the ones that they were concerned about. When you go in next time, they look at them again and then they compare. Huh. So. I've got too many photos on my phone to be able yeah. to sort through to find the picture I took. Yeah, now if you you know if you're plagued like some people are with numerous uh, nevi or moles as as we like to call them, uh, then sometimes that the pictures might be difficult to do. And in which case, you know, if it's that many, then maybe you should just see a dermatologist because that's what they do. Right, full body skin exam. So so get that checked out. Exactly. Now a lot of times on. Uh, skin tags, for example, they've got mm-hmm. that freeze it off juice. Yeah, so skin that, tags, uh, liquid nitrogen. Yep. So you know, do you carry that around? I could use some. Uh, you know, if I could carry it around, I, I I would. And you know, they they do have cryo pens now, which don't really have liquid nitrogen, but they have like a um, carbon monoxide or not carbon monoxide, dioxide. carbon dioxide, like a little CO two canister, like what you would use in an, an air gun. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, those are options, but liquid nitrogen, unfortunately, due to the volatility and due to the, the to the fact that it, it'll evaporate uh, easily uh, when exposed to just room air, uh, you can't carry it around. But we do have a canister, you know, at our clinic. And so our patients, you know, uh, oftentimes will come in and we'll freeze things off. And Bingo. Stop right there. And, that, and that's We are it. frozen in yeah. time. Dr. Joshua Beck, I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you for joining us Thank on WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.